I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 292 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, guys, it is the first Warrior Wednesday edition of 2020, and I've got an incredible guest for you. Brad Taylor is a retired Army Special Forces veteran who served with the elite Delta Force unit. He is also a New York Times bestselling author of the Pike Logan Thriller series, Brad dropped a new book. It's out now titled Hunter Killer, which is the 14th installment of the series. Brad was kind enough to send me an advanced copy of the book a few months ago. I blew right through it. It was the first one in the series in which I read. I immediately went back to book one after finishing it because I love the Pike Logan character. And there is just something about veterans who write fiction that brings such an authenticity to their books. Just as Sean Parnell does with his Eric Steele series, Brad Taylor has been there, done that, and with an extensive military career, it really carries over to the action, which just moves at a rapid pace from start to finish in the book. So if you're a big reader like myself or know somebody who is, Hunter Killer is now available, and the link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Brad Taylor will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And authenticity really is very important, which is why I think so many people enjoyed this year's Golden Globes monologue by Ricky Gervais, in which he just slammed actors and movie stars who speak out about politics during their acceptance speeches. Nobody on either side of the aisle really cares what they have to say about it, just as much as if they got up there and told us which team they root for in football or baseball. Nobody cares. It would be like me inviting non-dads to come on the show here and talk about fatherhood. So I think you have to have some authenticity to what you're saying or writing. I think that's crucial which is why Brad Taylor has sold millions of copies of his Pike Logan series. So let's jump into our interview. As always, thank you for listening, and please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with New York Times bestselling author and Delta Force veteran Brad Taylor. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Hey dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy Packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, first-class fatherhood listeners can save 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeforceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeforceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. Joining me now, First Class Father, best-selling author, Brad Taylor. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I've got two children. One of them is 18 and one of them is 23. Wow, okay, very cool. One of them is 24. (laughs) Okay, I understand. I got four myself. Uh, What type of sports or activities were the girls into growing up? Uh, my uh, older daughter was a competitive gymnast, gymnast for the longest time, and my younger daughter plays volleyball. Okay, very cool. You ever get involved with coaching at all with them, or you kind of leave that to the pros and watch from the sideline? 
Uh, definitely leave that to the pros. Uh, but I mean, you know, I've been all over the place because club teams for volleyball and uh, gymnastics meets are all over the place. Yeah, I understand. All right, if you could, Brad, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, I've uh, served in the military for 22 years and uh, retired in 2010. Uh, my last assignment, I happened to write a book, and uh, it sold. And so I uh, turned down my next promotion and retired and became a writer. Yeah, that's incredible. And and how old were you, Brad, when you when you first – well, first of all, thank you for your service. And how old were you when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Uh, it really did. I, actually, I was late. I was uh, 30 years old when uh, my first daughter was born. And uh, it's kind of a unique story. I was born in Okinawa, Japan, because my dad was uh, in Vietnam on a military base. And uh, I was serving in 1st Special Forces Group on Okinawa, Japan, when my daughter was born. And she was born in the same hospital. And so I asked the uh, um, attendant there, you know, how how's this hospital changed since I was here? And he said the same birthing rooms have been here the entire time. So there's a one in four chance my daughter was born in the same room I was. Wow. Yeah, that, that's incredible, Brad. Um, how did that experience, though, I mean, you know, serving in the military there and then becoming a father at 30, how did that kind of change your philosophy there or your perspective on life? Well, obviously, you now you, you, it's not just you anymore. It's uh, clearly it's you're taking care of a family. So uh, that's the first thing. And then later on, which actually was one of the reasons I decided to retire from the military, after, after 9-11 happened, I was gone continually. My second daughter was born uh, right after 9-11, about two days before I deployed for the first time. And so she grew up basically without a father for the first eight years. I was just coming, going, coming, going, coming, going. Yeah, and, and when did you uh, first get this kind of, uh, well, what type of books did you read growing up, and what, when did you first get this desire to write one for yourself? I actually, I was a voracious reader. Uh, I read every genre. I went through, you know, a science fiction phase with Heinlein, a, a fantasy phase with Tolkien, Piers Anthony, uh, Stephen King phase, read all his books, Ray Bradbury phase. Uh, I was a kid that was always underneath the covers, and uh, Mom was saying, turn out the light. And I just had it in the back of my head, sooner or later, I wanted to write a book. I mean, I always had it in my head I was going to write a book. And, um, I mean, my, my wife calls me Walter Mitty because she says I'm always making up stories. And so when I got to my last assignment uh, at the Citadel, it was it was like stepping off a bullet train from the Special Mission Unit Fort Bragg and coming down here to Charleston. I had a ton of time on my hands. And I told my wife, hey, I think I'm going to write a book. And, uh, I mean, I thought it would sit on the bedside table. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I thought it would be one of those things where your mom says, that's a really good book, Brad. And I'd be, you know, about the extent of it, um, yeah. but then it sold. Yeah, it sold all right. Uh, a couple of million copies at least here, New York Times bestselling. Uh, and, and now your latest novel here titled Hunter Killer. It features the infamous Pike Logan. What can you tell my listeners about the book? What can they expect? And can they jump right into the book if they haven't read the previous Pike Logan adventures? Yeah, they can. It is a series. Uh, the uh, All the books stand completely alone, though. There's nothing in the book that you won't understand, uh, which is actually kind of the hardest part about writing is uh, writing a series is trying to make it fresh for uh, continuing readers, but also not make it so short that a new reader doesn't understand what's going on. Um, and that's kind of the hardest thing to do. The only thing I'd say is if you read the book out of order, you might get a spoiler from a previous book because it is a continuous universe. And so something that happened previously may be referred to. It won't have anything to do with a lot of Hunter Killer. And you won't, won't make, it won't, uh, for a new reader, it won't matter at all to them. But later on, if they go back to read some other books, they may go, oh, I think I know what's uh, going to happen here. So I remember reading about it in another book. 
Hunter Killer yeah. came about uh, actually from I wrote Daughter of Wars in my last book, and um, in there I had an antagonist, a kind of a tangential antagonist of uh, a private military company called Wagner, which is uh, a Russian company, and they're all over the place. They're in Libya, they're in Syria, they're in Central African Republic, um, and I as I was I had news feeds every morning, so I still keep up. I still do some consulting, so I read the news all over the world every morning. And I saw the story that uh, the uh, military company was down in Venezuela protecting the dictator down there. Russia was down there helping them with, with Wagner down there. And so I started studying that just because I was interested in it, not because I was looking for a plot for a book. And then I found out, I started reading about Brazil. It was right during their elections. When I went down to do research, their elections were going on, and it was a circus. I mean, the lead guy that was winning in the polls was actually in prison for corruption and just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And they discovered the greatest uh, offshore oil fields in the 20th century right off the coast of Brazil, and everybody was vying for a piece of that pie. And so I thought, you know, Russia's trying to get an army near abroad all the time. And I thought that'd be an interesting storyline if they went over there and tried to co-opt the uh, Brazilian government in order to get access to those oil fields. Yeah, wow, that's very awesome, Brad. And uh, now the book obviously coming out in print, is there going to be an audio book available for it as well as the ebook? Yeah, it's coming out in all three, audio, ebook, and print. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm nuts with reading myself, Brad. I read, read at least a book every week. And I, I got to admit, lately I've been, I've been kind of uh, hooked on the audio books, especially, you know, I can knock it out while I'm dry, drive Uber on the weekend. So a lot of times I like to have a book in my ear. Um, how about yourself when it comes to reading? Do you prefer the actual book in your hand still? Are you an e-reader guy or do you like the audio? I don't do, uh, uh, I used to do audio all the time because you're in the military, you're driving, you know, across the country all the time. And we used to listen. In the old days, they had the old stuckies. You could go in there and get a cassette of a book, listen to it on the drive over. When you got to your far point or midway point, you ran out of the book, these stuckies would take your cassette and give you a new cassette. And so I used to listen to audio that way. Uh, I can't stand listening to audio of my own books, though. <laughs> I just, <laughs> when I hear the guy reading the book, it's not what I expected, and I just, I, I haven't been able to finish one. Yeah, I, I got to admit, uh, when, when it does come to audiobooks, I tend to, to lean more towards nonfiction for audio. And, and the actual fiction books, I really feel I, I need to have it in my hand just so I can get them voices in my own head. Yeah, I would. Uh, I tried to do e-readers, and uh, I probably would gravitate to an e-reader because you can put a thousand books into one little tablet. But I have to do so much reading on my computer as it is with my own stuff that when I read now, I, I actually want a book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And let me rein this back in here to you as a father now. Uh, obviously, uh, a long special forces career in the military, served with Delta. Obviously, you're a very well-disciplined individual, but what type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a father? Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw, and founded by supplement entrepreneur, Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon 1. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon 1. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%.
obviously uh, a long special forces career in the military, served with Delta. Obviously, you're a very well-disciplined individual, but what type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a father? I would say I'm a good disciplinarian. My wife is looking at me and glaring. She says I'm the softy. So, <laughs> I mean, when it comes down to it, obviously, you, there are lines that have to be drawn, you know, absolutely specifically, especially when it comes to moral compass and character and that kind of stuff. I would say I'm very good at um, Tell them to pick their shoes up. I'm probably not that good at well, you've got two daughters there that have already hit this uh, age now. Um, I have four myself. As I said, my youngest is my only daughter. She's five, and I'm already dreading the uh, the dating scene when it comes to her. How have you kind of handled that with your girls as they started to get into that scene themselves as a dad? And believe it or not, they, all the kids find out what I did for a living, and it kind of scares them. So it hasn't, it hasn't been that rough. Yeah, we, we all don't have have the benefit of that type of background, although, it, you know, it's nice to have a few uh, phone numbers maybe I could reach out to here. Yeah, well, actually, you know, most of the time, most of my older daughter's dates and my younger daughter's dates, they, when they come in, they want to actually talk to me. They think it's cool. I mean, it's it's a good icebreaker, so it's not like the big fear factor thing of, you know, i got to meet the dad. It's more like, uh, ooh, I want to go meet your dad, to the point where my older daughter was kind of getting sick of it. <laughs> Very cool. Has there... Uh, you, are you shopping the Pike Logan series for a movie or a TV series? And do you have any specific person in mind that you could see playing the lead? Uh, I, we have had offers. I have yet to, to uh, uh, option my rights off just because uh, Hollywood is kind of a weird animal. And you have to, you have to be sure that, A, they're actually going to make the, the, the produce the show, whether it's a TV series or if it's uh, a movie. And, B, are they going to adhere to you know, what I like, because uh, once you option the, the rights to the books, they can do whatever they want to. They own the rights. Um, so, you know, they could, they could, they do whatever they want to. They can make Pike Logan female and make Jennifer male. They could do whatever they want to. Uh, and so I haven't had the confidence, and that's probably just me, not so much Hollywood, because I don't know what, I don't know what I don't know, and I'm afraid to commit. Um, so I have yet to uh, actually commit. I get offers every once in a while. Someone say, I want to option the rights for your books and things like that, and I just haven't been comfortable with it. Yeah, very cool. And I'm, I'm sure it's got to be difficult not to, to weave your own uh, military experience into some of these books. I'm sure it finds its way in there one way or the other. Have you ever uh, considered doing a non-fictional story about yourself or your service? No, I haven't, just because uh, most of the, the non-fiction stories that were unclassified are boring, and the ones that are would be neat are classified, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie about that. Yeah, that's a unique position to be in. Uh, Will you be do, uh, Will you be having any book signings or book appearances where uh, my listeners can uh, find out where you'll be and if they're interested in getting a signed copy? Yeah, sure. If they go to my website at bradtetterbooks.com, they can click on events, and I've got about a two-and-a-half-week tour going all over the country, so I might go uh, near where some of your listeners are. Wow, very cool. Now, how about your daughters, uh, Brad? Have they picked up the pen at all? Have they followed in your footsteps? Are they into writing, or, or have they gone uh, separate from that? No, they're not. My uh, older daughter is um, in the medical science field. My younger daughter just started writing a short story, but it's because her classmate or two, but she's actually pretty imaginative, so I'm helping her with that. Um, but they haven't, they're not sitting around writing all the time, and I wasn't either as a kid. I never had any writing classes. I never had uh, my, write, my writing classes or my writing instructors were reading. I, didn't, I don't have a, you know, any kind of degree in writing. I've never taken classes in it. I just wrote what I thought I'd like to read. That's basically what I did. Yeah, and one of the things, Brad, I mean, I, I enjoy writing myself, and one of the things that's difficult for me is especially writing for the for female characters in my book. 
Has that a, was that a struggle for you early on in developing like character development? And have you worked on that as you progressed here? How did that work out in the beginning for you? Yeah, it was a definite struggle. So uh, the uh, the hardest part about the series is is the character development. And as you grow older, as as fathers, as, as mothers, or whatever, your your life situation changes. We were just talking about it. You have a kid, something changes. Um, and so you've got to show growth in the characters. They've got to continue to grow. So I first started writing um, Jennifer, and uh, luckily I know a lot of strong females, uh, having served in the military, and so they were some of my first readers. <laughs> Boy, they were brutal with me. They were like, what are you doing? Give her spine. She's not a, you know, milk toast. And so then I'd change it, and they'd say, she's not a man. Dear Lord, Brad, change that. <laughs> so I got better and better at it now, though, so it's uh, it's still a little tightening up to begin with, though. Yeah, I would imagine. What, what is the uh, what is the age range for the books here, Brad? What, what would you recommend? Is it for, for the high school reader, uh, how early do, would you go? What would you recommend? Yeah, I'd say uh, 13 or 14 on. In fact, I just got an email from a high school student uh, in Missouri, as a matter of fact. She wants to interview me for a project she's doing. And she said she started reading when she was 14. She's now 17. And I just emailed her back and said, yeah, give me a call. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know a lot of dads out there, you know, they do have maybe this dream, especially now with self-publishing and all this stuff that people have access to now. It seems like the publishing world gets flooded a little bit, but uh, what what kind of recommendation would you have to the dad out there that's, you know, working a job but would love to uh, get to work on his own book and getting it out there? What route would you recommend him taking? I'd say, I mean, the first thing he's got to do is write the book. That's That's actually what, that's the advice I give everybody. I mean, I wrote my first book. I didn't write it because I thought it was going to be published. I wrote it because I wanted to write a book. Uh, if you're writing a book and your sole goal is to get it published, it's probably not going to happen. It's incredibly hard to get published. So I would write, the first thing you have to do is write the book and make it the best book possible. Uh, and then as far as bifurcating into whether self-publishing or going the traditional publishing route like I do, I don't know anything about the self-publishing route. I know a lot of people who have, but I don't know the pitfalls. I know there's a lot of references they can talk about. But I don't know the pitfalls and pros and cons of that. Okay. Yeah, very cool. And how about as far as are you, are you working on the next installment here for, uh, for 2020? What, do you got come, what are your goals for next year? Yeah, actually, uh, we just got back from uh, Taiwan and Australia doing book research, and I'm working on it right now. Wow, very cool. All right, Brad. Well, last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I'd say the biggest piece of advice I have is don't neglect your wife. Uh, having a newborn baby is incredibly hard to do, and uh, if you leave it all to your wife, she's going to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> you've got to pitch in. You've got to change the diapers. You've got to do everything that the newborn requires. You've got to give her a break. At least uh, it was several times that, you know, it would just be, you go out of town, and I'll take care of the baby. And my wife, we were in Okinawa at the time. She'd go to Hong Kong or go somewhere else with, with her girlfriends, and I would just take care of the baby. Um, that's the main thing I'd say. It's a partnership, and if you don't make it a partnership, it's not going to not going to last very long. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I'm going to drop a link uh, in the description of this podcast episode, so my listeners can just tap the link, get over there, buy a copy of the new book, Hunter Killer. Um, Brad Taylor, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed it.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Brad Taylor for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And do yourselves a favor. Hit the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Get yourself a copy of Hunter Killer, now available by Brad Taylor. All right? Next week on the show, I have got an awesome guest for you guys, WWE superstar Adam Copeland, better known by his ring name, Edge. He also stars in the hit series, Vikings. He'll be on the podcast here with me next week. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all of the upcoming guest announcements. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.